Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 9, verses 1 through 7, the story of Jesus healing a man who was born without sight. Hear these words of scripture. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked, why was this man born blind? Was it because of its own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must act quickly and carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground and made mud with his saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go, wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed, and he came back seeing the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Thank you, Alan. It's hard to believe that it was was March 15th was the first Sunday where we were closed. (laughs) If you were around then and um, watching on Facebook, because that's all we had and that's all we knew how to do, um, and we had our our circle table up here and we we had a conversation, we passed the microphone to each other because we didn't understand germs, apparently. Um, And then we didn't see each other in person for a long time and um, you guys, oh, man, we, we learned how to honestly worship wherever we were and um, however we could get together, whether that was online or doing the, um, the communion in the parking lot. You remember when we did that? That was, that was entertaining. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was standing on a, everybody brought their lawn chairs and sat next to me and brought their own communion elements and then Oh man, it's just, it's good to remember the past and how God has brought us through it and together and, and how we have learned through all of that. Um, today, we are on the fourth Sunday of Lent. And this year, as we walk through these 40 days plus Sundays, we are in this series called Seeking asking questions as Jesus encountered in these stories all types of different people who were seeking themselves. They were seeking a new beginning or a different kind of life or a deeper faith, and each time the assumptions that they had were disrupted and a new perspective was revealed. And so that's what we're doing this Lenten season. We're asking the questions because we all have questions, questions about faith and questions about life, and we are seeking ourselves. And ultimately, we don't necessarily ask or expect answers, but we do pray that these questions that we bring will create this safe space to explore, to be drawn more deeply into the fullness of life and faith and into the heart of God. That is our prayer for this Lenten series. So let us pray. 
Holy God, as we reflect upon your word today, we ask that you would weave answers into the text. Speak to us through this ancient story, that we might find what we are seeking in you. With gratitude and with open hearts, we pray. Amen. This series is one of my favorites and that I love asking questions. They're a way, one way that I can keep on learning and growing as a person, open to new possibilities, new information, new ways that things could be. I think that's one of the things we all learned from COVID was just being open to like, all right, what's today going to bring? But one of the ways, one of the things that I've learned through just simply asking questions is that the questions we ask themselves, the questions, they matter. The words we use matter. Several years ago, Russ and I went on vacation to Barbados. It's one of the little islands down near the Caribbean. And like many of those islands, they have been conquered by many different nations throughout their history. Well, Barbados, one of those nations, was England. And so Russ and I got a driver one day and, to take us around the island to do some sightseeing. And as we were driving around, I said to the man driving, I said, why do you drive on the other side of the road than we do? It had to do with the conversation we were talking about. It wasn't just this random question. It sounds really random as I say it, but trust me, it, context matters. So after I asked that, why do you drive on the other side of the road? The driver paused the conversation and said, thank you for asking it that way. So many people come and down and they ask, why do you guys drive on the wrong side of the road? But it's not the wrong side of the road for us, he said. It's just different than the side you drive on. And his response to my question has stuck with me because I remember in that moment being very grateful for the way I phrased it because he seemed to, in that moment, kind of let his walls down a little bit, like he felt more comfortable around us or even trusted us a bit more because we were there to learn from him, not just impose our way of being onto him. So often with our questions, we tend to jump to conclusions. Why do you drive on the wrong side of the road, assuming that the wrong, it's the wrong side of the road and we drive on the right side of the road? We do this often without realizing and often without realizing that our questions are formed by our own assumptions. And they lead us to judgment and separating ourselves from one another. And we see that in today's scripture. When Jesus and the disciples encounter this blind man on their journey, the disciples immediately ask, Teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Their question assumes that illness and disability are a result of sin. That was one of the thoughts back then. It assumes that the man deserved to be born blind. And it assumes that physical blindness is a form of failure. But Jesus responds, neither this man nor his parents sinned. 
But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. It's not about who sinned, but it's about how God is working through this person. Now, that's not to say, like, like Jenny said, that's not to say that God caused the blindness in order for this moment to happen so that God might be glorified, but Jesus is going to use this disciple's inquiry, this, this moment, this question as a teachable moment, an opportunity to show who he is and to show really what it means to truly actually see. In the, Alan read for us seven verses, okay? Well, I guess eight verses, one through seven. That's actually eight, right? I, math is not great, especially like before noon. But anyway, though, he read those eight verses. Then we have another like 33 verses after that that's all about the Pharisees investigating this healing, and asking questions, trying to understand exactly what happened and who this guy Jesus thinks he is that he's going to do this. 33 verses of the religious authorities asking, wait, aren't you the guy that was blind? No, that can't be because now you can see. Well, wait, is it you? How, how can you see? Who is this guy who supposedly healed you? When, when did he heal you? Why did he heal you? Who does he think he is? Does he think he's God? They're asking all of these questions in these verses. And in verse 26, they ask him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And then the man answers, because they've been asking this repeatedly. He says, I have already told you, and you haven't listened and then he says, this is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man weren't from God, he could do nothing. If he wasn't from God, he couldn't do any of this. And then the religious leaders exclaim. They say, how dare you lecture us? And then they throw him out. They cast him out. They weren't asking these questions in order to actually learn. They were asking questions in order to prove themselves right and to show that Jesus was this heretic that they needed to get rid of. Because we're just a few short weeks now from Good Friday. And the authorities, their resentment towards Jesus is gathering like the clouds in a storm. Because they were building their case in order to crucify Jesus. And this miracle is one of the ways they're building this case. He is doing these things. He thinks he's God. He's creating these miracles. How does he think he can do this? He's going against all that they think is possible. In this story, we see just how close-minded these these people are how we all are sometimes. Because some, sometimes looking at the words when we look at scripture, if we look at the words that were originally written, then we can find some clarity. And this is one of those moments where if we look at the words um, that are in Greek in this scripture, then we can see the difference between seeing and truly seeing. 
So in, this, in the Greek, anytime that Jesus describes the blind man, that sight, the word that's used there, it means see or perceive or discern. The sight that this man gains when, when Jesus puts the, the mud on his eyes and then he can see. It's much deeper than just physical sight opening his eyes and he can see what's around him. It's this, this perception, this, this wisdom that is there. He's able to see who Jesus truly is, that Jesus is the Son of God. But then, the, on the other hand, in the Greek, the, the word that is used to describe the, the Pharisees just simply means to look at or to gaze upon, simply that they see with their eyes. They're only able to see this blind man as a blind man. They're not able to see his whole personhood and who God is within him. They're only then able to see Jesus as this this nuisance, someone who is challenging their authority, someone who is challenging all of the things that they think that they know, someone they think they need to get rid of. So this one in this story, the one who was blind, who was unable to see physically, is now able to truly see because he was open to the truth. And then the ones who were able to see physically, they show just how close-minded they are, unable to see what God is doing right in front of them because it doesn't fit their perceptions. This is what happens when we bring our own assumptions into our questions or into life. So when you ask questions Are you seeking to learn, to see the truth in someone? Or are you trying to prove yourself right, justify the way you believe? This week, as we go into our week, I pray that we might pay attention to those questions that we ask. What does it teach us about us? As well as what can it teach us about the person in front of us? What are those assumptions that we carry? What is our intent in asking those questions? And how might God be revealing God's self in that moment through the person that is in front of you? Let us go into this next week with these questions and open minds to receive where God is speaking. Let us pray. Beloved God, We do come to you today, and we know that you are with us, even when we cannot see. You are present. Your spirit is filling us. God, may we be receptive to that. May we be open to receiving you and the truth that you have for us. May you soften our hearts and our minds so that we might learn together with you and with one another, so that you might be glorified in this world. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. I want to invite the choir to come forward. Um, and those who are joining us online, please share your comments and, or your prayers in the comments on Facebook as well as on uh, the text number or prayer at brexvilleumc.com.
choir. We have several prayers um, that have come in. Prayers for Janet Kleckner uh, and her mission team who are traveling home from Liberia today. Um, prayers as for until they come home tomorrow slash Monday morning. It is a long journey. And then I, I would say prayers um, of joy of safe travel as uh, Michaela gets to travel in. For, do you come from Menor? Where do you, on Sundays? Okay, yeah. Um, so uh, it lake effect snow happened, uh, and she called me this morning and said, uh, I can only see like 10 feet in front of me. Uh, but she made it, so we're very happy, and she was very safe. And she, yeah, so that was really good. Um, and then also um, prayers for Melanie as she goes and flies off to Aruba this week. She's very excited. Yay. She's clapping up there. I can hear her. <laughs> um, and then also um, prayers for Deanne as um, she is searching for answers of, um, for healing. And then Taylor asks for prayers for all those who are grieving and to remember that you are loved. And then Kathy and Don ask for prayers of healing for Don and for Jeff. And then Alan asks for prayers for Laureen, whose mother passed away unexpectedly. And Jen asked for prayers of thanksgiving for a hundred years of joy with her grandma, Bernie, and prayers of comfort as they lay her to rest this week. Prayers for peace and clarity and healing for all who suffer, and prayers of thanksgiving for all caregivers. And then I also want to ask for prayers um, for my brother, Keegan, um, who's just on the struggle bus. And then um, also prayers of joy for the Energized Youth Conference that the youth and Dana and Jamie are at right now. Um, and they're having a grand old time. So prayers uh, for safe travels as they come home and a good Sunday nap for them. Um, and then also we've had just so many fun birthdays in the past few weeks, it seems like in the church family, there's been a ton of birthdays, and then Corey had her ninth birthday on Friday, and so, oh my heavens, yes, and then I know there was another little boy who, um, from our church who had a birthday yesterday, so just lots and lots of birthdays and celebrations at this time. We know that God hears all of it, and um, answers our prayers and is with us through it, so let us go to our Lord in prayer. Merciful God, we know that you want good for us. You want good for us each and every day. And we know that you are the one who heals all wounds, able to heal even with mud. And yet we get so bogged down in the troubles that we see and the assumptions that we have that we're unable to see you when we're, you're standing right in front of us. God, heal us. Give us eyes to see as you see, eyes of goodness and grace, able to see where you are already working in the midst of the muck of life and where we might be your hands and feet in this world. Oh God, be with those who we have lifted in voice 
as well as those who lay on our hearts and wander through our minds. May we rest in the knowledge that you are always here, even when we can't see you. And we pray these things through the power of your spirit, saying together the prayer Jesus taught so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever. Amen. Before I begin our traditional action steps, I do want to give one special announcement, and that is a announcement and a warm welcome to our new technical media director, Ryan Lohr. He's up. Ryan, you have to like wave. You see Ryan? He's up there. There's his picture also. Yes. Uh, so Ryan joins us. He's had 14 years of experience in the field from uh, network events and producing live events and network news videography. And so his skills and abilities will help us to continue um, to grow our online ministry and connecting with people through video um, and helping us to uh, amp up, is the only word I can think of right now, um, our ministry and our worship through videos and worship. And so we're really excited to have him on board and on staff with us. And as for ways that you can go into the world and be God's hands and feet, um, today, this evening, is our chili cook-off. And there are a lot of people who are very excited to share their number one chili with you. So please join us for, um, at 5 o'clock downstairs in Fellowship Hall. Um, there's lots of, you, there's no RSVP needed. Whether, you can bring your chili. You didn't sign up? Okay, come on anyway and bring your chili. And then, and we'll have all kinds of um, prizes for different things like best presentation and best hot chili and mild chili. And we'll have the people's favorites and then we'll have special judges that are coming. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's a free will donation for UMCOR, United Methodist Committee on Relief. And so um, if, even if you're not able to be there and you want to give towards UMCOR for the, the chili cook-off, you can do that um, and just mark it that way, uh, however you give. And all the funds will go directly to those who are in need. And then this week, um, we have some people in need here at the church on Thursday. We're ha at 10 o'clock, we'll have a newsletter assembly party. Melanie's going to be off, like, I don't know, sunbathing on a beach somewhere. So we're going to have all hands on deck as we put together our newsletter and fold it and stamp it and all the things to get it ready to send out for everyone. And so it's a fun way to gather together for about an hour and do that and then um, be on your merry way. And then also um, we have Easter coming up. So we have Easter flowers that are, we have orders for those due next Sunday. So um, that's just a way that we can um, 
beautify the sanctuary, and then we also give those. If you don't want to take them home, we can give them to shut-ins, and we deliver them, and it's a nice way to bring some, some joy and some sunshine to them as well. And then for Holy Week, um, Holy Week has Monday, Thursday at 7 o'clock, a Monday, Thursday service. At, uh, on Good Friday, there's a 7 o'clock service as well and that where we'll be extinguishing the candles and having the readings. Sorry, Melanie, I'm screwing you up. And then on Easter, we have three services. One is at 7 o'clock. That's our sunrise service out on the front lawn. And then we will have our 9 o'clock service. It, don't come at 8.30, or you can just hang out with us for a half an hour, I guess. But at 9 o'clock, we'll have the brass and the choir and all of the fancy and the organ's going to be playing and it's just going to be all of the, the Easter pomp and circumstance. It's going to be wonderful. And then at 10.30, we're going to have the worship band and it's also going to be a great celebration. And um, we'll do the Alleluia Chorus at both of them and it's, gonna, it's just so fun. It's just going to be a grand time. So invite friends and neighbors and all of that and we will gather together and celebrate our risen Christ. So, with all of that, let us go and let us do God's good work in the world. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Please stand and let's sing.
Have a good week, everybody. Never let, never let go. Never let go. Two.